Hello beautiful people, thank you so much as always for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs About Films. We're going to be diving into the TV world once again to finalise and finish The Walking Dead Season 11 review. The final episode has aired, it's been a few days now, time to digest, time to re-watch, time to go over all of those favourite moments from that final episode. But what a send-off it was, Season 11 as a whole has been pretty great. Granted, I was a little bit underwhelmed with the last seven episodes of the season, building up to the last episode. The last episode aside, really, really enjoyed that last episode. But the build-up to it, it just felt a little bit of a dip compared to the first eight, first 16, I should say. Sorry, which we will, of course, come to. But it's such a strange feeling that The Walking Dead is now officially done. Like, we knew this day was coming. I knew this day was coming. I was really, on some level, quite happy that they'd announced that season 11 would be the last because I was... I was fearful that it was going to kind of get stretched and overstretched and you know really kind of run to the ground flogging a dead horse as people say um, and one could argue that they have been doing that although the fact that they're getting all these spin-offs it's still the same 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 but different you know what I mean but it's really got me excited has this last season of The Walking Dead for those spin-offs you know on the back of this we're now going to be looking forward and looking ahead to Dead City obviously Daryl um, sorry no that's Mag- Maggie and Negan's Spin-off show, Dead City. Uh, Daryl's getting his own spin-off show. Of course, the Rick and Michonne, which I'm very excited to talk a bit more about that on the back of the last episode of, of season 11. Um, and it'd be very easy for me to jump straight in to be like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, the last sequence of this episode. <laughs> but I, I want to try and kind of go over the journey that we got we got there, um, got to that episode, I should say. It did kind of feel this season on some level... Um, the, the writers, because Jeffrey Dean Morgan, sorry, has come out and said that it seemed a little it came out of nowhere that the AMC were going to be cancelling the main show and, and looking to focus solely on the spin-offs. You can kind of see maybe from a creative and a writer standpoint that they did have to cram as much as they could into season 11. It's such a shame, really, that the Commonwealth just came and went, really, um, especially for like the likes of, you know, Mercer, the characters like Mercer, who really have been one of the best characters that have come into The Walking Dead. You know, there's been so many, such layers and such a great chemistry on screen between him and Max and Princess and Eugene and such and such. So some real strong characters there, in particular like Lance as well. Like, I listened back to my previous podcast about episodes, uh, well, the the middle chunk, basically, the, the episodes before this one, just kind of expressing how much I was really enjoying Lance's, like, villain arc and where he was going to go and what could potentially happen with that. Um, I'm not going to lie once again that I was disappointed with how quick Lance was dealt with. I was seeing him as some kind of big powerhouse villain ending almost. I'm not saying he was going to be the big bad that they were going to come towards the end and, and you know, kind of have to overthrow or take down kind of thing, because I know that's what they do with Pamela, but I felt that Lance was just building up to something. And we'll talk a bit more, obviously, with, with Lance, obviously, as this episode goes on. Um, but yeah, there was just a few things that I felt just didn't quite work with the last seven building to that last episode. But overall, like I'm not going to sit here and just be negative Nelly, this and that. There's things that I maybe would have liked them to have done as a creative point of a writing point overall, which again, I'm not that person though that's going to be on here going, they didn't do this and therefore I'm fuming about it because I, I do, like I said, feel that the last episode was a real great send-off. I thought there were some wonderful performances in that last episode. And I can really see this podcast actually kind of always coming back to that last episode to talk about and to review because just so much happened. It was so pacey, so so really on the ball. Again, it just feels like that this this series has it has like given us a fantastic so don't get me wrong, like I love those first sixteen episodes. It was so there was they were really great. These last seven or eight or whatever 
just dipped a little bit, but I can't. Overall, I'm pretty impressed with season eleven because there was just really a lot to uh, to enjoy. So we're going to go over as much as we possibly can, obviously, within this episode, within this podcast episode. I will be fleeting from here to there. Of course, there will be spoilers. So if you've still not seen any of season eleven, in particular that last episode of uh, of The Walking Dead, then. Don't listen. What are you doing? Go listen somewhere else. <laughs> Do listen, though, obviously, when you have seen it, of course. But the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts as to rss.com. Jump onto Facebook and give us a like and a follow on there by searching Joe Blogs About Films. Finally, is it finally? Leave us a review and all that and hit notification. We'll mix those together. Leave us a review. That'd be great. And also hit notification button so you can be notified when new episodes are uploaded. But here we are, then, The Walking Dead, season 11, coming to an end. What a great, great ending as well. Like for all the like negatives I would say that I have for those last seven or eight episodes, I think it was more of, it's a strange one because like I don't want to come across too much of a hypocrite because I was saying that the pace at times can be a little bit off. And we know that with The Walking Dead. Like I'm a fan for years and years. I say this has been absolutely a, a big, you know, a big TV chunk of my life, you know, just sat and watching the new seasons as they unfold. And I know there's been a pacing issue and such with some of the seasons, in particular seven and eight. And I think that the, for the most part, season 11 was pretty good. It was just kind of, let's just get cracking. The Commonwealth, it was well established within the first eight episodes or whatever. We are going and going. Granted, I do feel that a lot of time was wasted on the likes of the Reapers. I feel they could have done a little bit more with that. I've already said this before in my previous episodes. You can go back and listen to those. But I really was like just not, not happy with what they did with the Reapers. I felt like they were writing themselves into a corner that we weren't going to get a satisfying conclusion in these last eight episodes. I do feel just kind of just pulled it back a little bit, but it's like if they were putting all their eggs and chips into one basket for the last episode to be as great as it, as, as it turned out to be, then they've succeeded. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not sat here now thinking the last episode was great, but it brings it down because the seven before, like they, they needed to, to kind of build up to this real, real, huge send-off so I, I can't, I'm forgiving in that front I just there's a few decisions that were in there that I weren't too necessarily like fussed about I mean if we just quickly talk about The Walking Dead finishing as a whole 2.27 million people actually tuned in to watch the final episode which when you're a season uh, or, or a show sorry I should say that's when it's 11th season that's quite a good number you know we're talking the highest they got was season 7 premiere which was like 2016 I think it was and that was 15 million uh, purely to see obviously who Negan was going to batter. Um, so for us to be like five, six years later and to get that kind of number still, it's really excellent for The Walking Dead and it's quite commendable to say. And they've kept people engaged. I do think that for the most part, from what I've seen online and such, everyone that's followed the story since Rick left or since whenever, they've been quite happy with how it ended. And I, and I like I said, I am one of those people. I think that we got a great, it was a great end, but a great trajectory to push us on for the spin-offs because I feel that we are now going to see more of the outside, the I say the outside world, the rest of the world, I should say. You know, we've got so many, we've got characters going here, there, and everywhere. It's going to be interesting, intriguing, and it's going to be great to see these characters like your Daryls, you know, your Maggie and Negans or whatever, plucked out of their, you know, usual habitat, their familiar surroundings, and then thrown elsewhere. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with that. But again, of course, we'll be going over all of that on this podcast. So don't miss that when it does come up. So even though The Walking Dead is ended, this will not be, of course, the last episode talking about The Walking Dead on the podcast. Uh, I've got not only obviously reviewing when those ep- when those spin-offs finally come out, but I've got some other ideas as well that I want to do going over like season rankings, favourite moments and such. If you're a Walking Dead fan, don't worry. I'll be getting more content on there for you. But obviously these last eight episodes, it's all about obviously the overthrow of the Commonwealth, bringing down Pamela, seeing the corruption side and, and, and the, obviously just kind of making it 
a better place than what it is. The corruption is right there to the core of the Commonwealth. We've seen it from the get-go. We've seen the, you know, that Pamela is one of those characters that kind of just clutches at anything. Just as long as she's in power, it doesn't matter about anyone else or what the outcome will be, if what the repercussions would be. It's like I say, we see her kind of just clutching at anything she possibly can do. Obviously, we start these eight episodes on the back of like an uprising and, and, and kind of rebellion building with the with the Commonwealth community, knowing what Sebastian's done in the fact that he's been sending people to their deaths, basically just taking tasks here, there and everywhere. You know, Lance obviously has kind of got a hold in everything as well. He's The last time we saw Lance was that he was about to mow down Oceanside and then nothing happened of that. Like I was sat there, I was like, what's... <laughs> Are they alive? Are they not? Like, what's going on there? Then I felt that we were really building up to some real evil arc of Lance. Like, some kind of, like, you know when a character goes too far gone, literally, like, past the point of no return? I thought that's what we were going to get. And you can argue, yeah, he was doing that. that they had kind of lost control. He was throwing civilians and Negan's, commu Negan's new community people or whatever off the top of that building or whatever. He was really kind of losing it and losing grip of that power that he's always wanted, he's craved, he's kind of wanted to kind of counter Pamela for all of that. I think in some level, I don't. I think that he's like petulant in the way that he thinks that Pamela can't do it without him. And that's his get-go in his MO from the, for these eight episodes, is that obviously he's, he's given us a scapegoat, which is another thing that I liked about Pamela, was that, any again, just showing that anything, anything to kind of keep the facade up, that the Commonwealth is a great place and that, any kind of rumblings or anything that's going to kind of maybe topple the Commonwealth, she's straight on it and will do like, like bend the rules basically to make sure that she comes out on top. This was another one of those, obviously Carol, who is just a wizard who's just great at like working out things in her head, obviously like two steps ahead of everyone, knows obviously that the people want to blame Sebastian and hold him accountable for all of these deaths and such, rather than have her son take the blame and the fall for that, let's just give it to Lance instead, which I do think... It was like, that could work, obviously, for the story to go on. But we know what Lance is like. He's always got some kind of other um, other card up his sleeve that he wants to play. And, and this is it. It's that kind of power struggle all the way through. But I, I think for Lance, it's more of a showing to Pamela, look, you can't do this without me. And I'm going to prove that to you regardless, even if it means killing a few civilians here and there. Like, he's got those people that are working for him on the side, which I just want to come to for a second, because there's a few things that we've like kind of that the show have given us with Lance in particular in the Commonwealth that we've not really, that they didn't, I don't know, like it was almost like leading us down a path that we never really got a full conclusion to in particular, this whole segment where he was telling, he has that conversation Lance with Pamela that, you know, there's certain establishing factors with the Commonwealth that if anything happens to Lance, they will come crumbling down that things could start to go wrong, which I was kind of taking that as, that's the CRM, the Civic Republic Military. Obviously, if you're not familiar with the world beyond or anything like that, you know, you, you, you might not know, and it's just one of those kind of throwaway lines kind of thing. But when you're looking at the bigger picture and the bigger world and what they're going and where Rick's gone and, and where he is and who he's been held captive by, you know, I was hoping that we were going to see a little bit more. That's one of the things that I said in my last podcast episode is that I was hoping that we'd get some CRM involved in these last eight we do, obviously, which I will come to. Don't you worry. We're going to talk about the last five minutes of this episode. That was one of the best things I've ever seen <laughs> in terms of like that, that like diehard. I want Rick Grimes. I want him. Like I want to see something that was completely, uh, completely ticked. 
but like yeah we do we do get that element of it but i can also see i can see from a from a writing standpoint you know that you don't want to throw too much and if if you've already wasted time with the reapers this and that padding out season 11 and and you know in between the commonwealth and such you're not then going to bring in like another massive community and whatever when you've already dedicated a whole two season spin-off show to it which it's a shame the world beyond isn't as good they had some great ideas and great highlights i should say not even highlights just the odd good moment but other than that it was not really what i was expecting it to be but that's another story for another day um so i can see maybe yeah why they wouldn't just bring that in but i thought it was a nice line for lance to say and it kind of made me like more intrigued with his character because this is the thing like i've loved joshua hamilton playing this character as lance i think that he's been one of the best like with mercer I think he's been one of the best characters that's come in in recent in the recent years of Walking Dead. I thought there was just that that snake like quality about quality. Is that a quality? Just a real worm. He'll just go from here to whatever. He'll do whatever he can, like I say, to keep on top and do his best to showcase that he is one that could rule. And I think that Pamela's always kind of struggled to juggle that with him. But I do like that. Um, yeah, there there was that power play, like the fact of like. You know, these people that that Lance has got working with him and, and they just go off and shoot those janitor people to create obviously a bit of a a bit of an issue for the Commonwealth and these little and these walkers start coming in and start taking people down, which ultimately do does lead to Sebastian's death, which I was like, Yes, like one of the worst characters ever is gone. Comes to that in a second. But I just liked again that aura and that evilness around him that that's all kicking off outside and he's in the jail cell, hearing the commotion, hearing everything, and he just like tucks into one of those toffee apples. Like I just loved what they were doing with Lance, and that's why I was so gutted that he went out the way that he did, which makes sense, because if he's the one, again, that's leading Carol and Daryl to the train tracks to to get back to their friends to save the people of Alexandria as they've been taken to the Outpost 22 or whatever it is, that they've, was it Outpost 22? I think so, wherever they've gone to on the train track, um, they're not going to need him once they get to the train tracks. It's kind of like Daryl and Carol just looking at each other, just like, yeah, we don't need this guy anymore. Let's just, uh, let's just take this guy out. And... Yeah, on some argument, it was it was like a good kind of out of the blue moment where it was like, are they gonna, are they actually gonna believe his stuff? And and again, it's one of those where if they'd not done this, if they'd not taken him out, many people online, probably me myself as well, if something terrible would have happened if they'd not done that, would have all been there going yet again, a villain that they've not taken out at the point that they could have done, like they did with the Negans, like they did with the governors and such, like just take him out there and then. So I guess we can't have it all, can we? I think I think on some level it's just a testament to Josh Hamilton's performance why I was really good that he got taken out as, as quite as soon as he did in episodes was it like 2021 or something like that I was just really sad to see Josh Hamilton go but I think that is just because of how good he played Lance I think he was one of the again the a better villain than than Pamela there was more layers to him I thought I thought Pamela was just a little bit like I'll jump from here to there to there and I get it because she's trying to maintain that control I mean we're talking that you know on the back of losing a son bear in mind all of this is kind of come on the back of some kind of mutual agreement with our heroes, with your Aaron's, with everyone, you know, go back to your communities, we'll call it square, especially after Carol makes that deal saying, right, you have Lance, you know, you, you, you take Lance, sorry, you can, you can take the fall for you, for your son's crimes and we'll be on our merry way kind of thing. That's all absolutely fine. It's literally after that, that it all goes to hell because of Lance again trying to play that card of I'm a player in this game, Pamela, whether you like it or not, I'm a player. Obviously he doesn't intend for a son to die, but it's still a massive factor into the downfall of the Commonwealth because that really just sends Pamela on this crusade of right, let's let's tackle this Eugene, let's take him completely out, let's let's blame him for that. We'll then obviously like make life so much more difficult for every person that's coming from Alexandria, from the hilltop, for whoever. They're going to now be prisoners, etc., etc. And then it's that rebellion again of like people not agreeing with all of that, not agreeing 
with how the Commonwealth is being run. And I do like to say what they did with Sebastian. I felt that he was such an unredeemable character that the only outcome for him would be something like death. I know that in the comics it's very different. He gets a big storyline. He's the one that takes out the main man himself. He shoots Rick Grimes. He's then obviously imprisoned for it. And that's the way he spends the rest of his days. I do think that they couldn't possibly do that. There's no character that that with that magnitude of our, of our heroes, other than Daryl, which I, I think that would have been a very poor choice if they'd have given it and done that with him. I mean, they couldn't have done it anyways. I mean, unless the unless the uh, unless they were kind of going down that route of oh yeah, the spin-offs were just a red herring. This is just literally his death. He's going to go out in the final episode, and Sebastian's going to be the one that kills him. Like that would have been a bit of a, a bit of like a whoa, that's ridiculous. A, a bit of a shock, but hey, whatever. Um, I'm glad they they did kind of go down that route with him. And like I say, it was. They, they like to do this with the show. They do obviously try to maintain and keep as close as they can to the comics and the storyline there. But at the same time, you've got to keep it fresh. You've got to make it different. And when Sebastian, you know, reading him on page, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. You can kind of see it's a little bit different altogether, isn't it, really, in the comics to, to where we're at with the TV show. Like Pamela's ending, you know, she she's arrested in the TV show and she's sentenced, obviously, and she's put in prison, which is a fate far worse than death, as Negan and Maggie say. But still... You know, her, her character is so far different, really. Well, not so far, but very. It's portrayed a little bit different to what what they uh, what they went for with the comics and the TV show. So I feel that, you know, for her to kind of turn into that that villain, that person that's like, right, I need to main, maintain control of the Commonwealth. I need to bring it back. If I have to bring a Walker Horde to the gates of the Commonwealth, then I certainly will do. Just to create that illusion that I'm the one that can save everyone. I'm the one in charge. People will listen to me. It doesn't go down that route, obviously. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You know, she she goes down that plan you know, completely like flailing from A to B of just like what I can do to keep that control and just to keep people in check. Um, you know, let the rich be saved and let the poor die. This pretty much this this MO that she goes down. I mean, in England should be a Tory, let's be honest. It's one of those really. It's like save the rich, kill the poor. It's as simple as that. It's like, hold on, Pamela, you've just really excelled in the uh, evil genius, uh, evil villain arc, haven't you? Um, but I did like what they did with those characters. I thought that it was uh, it was it was great that that the whole journey for Pamela ended where it did. It only made sense, and just really like to see her kind of squabble with our heroes. And it could have been so easy for the likes of Maggie and Negan to take her out. But again, like they say, it's a fate worse than death. I want to touch upon obviously uh, Maggie and Negan because what the show did so well in these last eight episodes in particular is that we knew that it was ending, so they wanted to kind of build up to that crescendo, that, to that ending itself, and so. They really like homed in in this season, in particular like last eight episodes, have given us interactions with characters either from the st- you know from very you know characters that have been with us from a very long time, such as like Carol and and Maggie. They get some moments, obviously, and Negan and Maggie. They they've had a lot of moments together, which one could argue that that got a little bit too repetitive, but I quite liked that it was just like just drips here and there, you know, like it was all about how they were going to survive and 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 keep going together you know after everything that that Negan had done to Maggie after everything that he took from her and the the arc that Negan went on as well because he's been on such a journey like you look at where we find Negan when we first start into where he is now and being accepted into the group obviously like Maggie says you've earned your stay but there's going to be days where I cannot look at you kind of thing like which is absolutely fair she can't forgive him for what he did but to have Negan in that moment in season 11 where you know they're they're at the they're at the tracks. Obviously they're working. The, the the Commonwealth are trying to work out who amongst these prisoners is trying to escape. Who's plotting an escape route? You know they bring everyone in. They particularly go for Negan, and he looks like he's going to be ratting out Ezekiel, but takes the fall himself for a better life for his wife and future kid, which I thought was a real nice touch. And you know then he's put down on his knees 
about to be executed in front of everyone, in particular his wife and his and his unborn child, just like obviously he was doing to our heroes all the way back at the end of season six, start of season seven. Curveball thrown in, just like Negan did in particular, obviously by not only killing one person, but then going off and killing someone else, being Glenn. They then throw obviously his wife into the mix and bring her down and say, right, we'll take her out as well. And that hopelessness and helplessness that Negan felt is exactly how Rick, Maggie, Sasha... Aaron and, and Daryl, etc., fell at that moment whilst they watched their loved ones be absolutely battered and killed in front of them. It's something that obviously Maggie will never be able to forget or forgive about, which is completely understandable, but it's something that Negan is only just understanding and realising just what he took from her, just what he took from her son Herschel as well. And I loved that. Like, I thought that it was a very good moment, obviously, where Negan's like, look, let me just take the fall, let me just take the shot of Pamela, if I get killed from it, it's absolutely not a problem. You need to survive for your son, basically. And I thought that those two together really have kind of been a great, just a, just a great little feature to kind of continue and see what's going to happen. Compared to where we first start at season 11, when they're all out trying to kill each other, like if, if, if one's like, I'll leave you for dead, they're not going to mess around, they're just going to be off and you will be gone. I like to see that kind of moment. I thought it was a very strong moment, but one of the best performed moments in the entirety of the season, in the last few seasons, in fact, when Maggie sits down and just says to him, look, I can't forgive you. Like, I'm, I'm really glad you said those words, that you're sorry for what you did, but I can't forgive you. I know now that I can't do that. And when she spoke about Glenn, it was so so heart-wrenching and so like, heart-warming at the same time because, she, like, you get it. Like she says to Negan, I don't want my son to know or, or to think that anyone has that kind of hold on me, that I'm so angry and so bitter towards someone for what they've done and in the fairness it's not really what glenn would want either glenn always went to try to try to help people you look at what he did to nicholas nicholas what a wet flannel remember nicholas jesus when he tried to kill glenn on definitely once anyways and leading him out to the woods or at least just being absolutely useless out on the runs and such causing the death of noah as well which was one of the most traumatizing deaths of the walking dead's entire running season five six was that sorry uh five i think it was even after all of that glenn's like i'm still gonna help you i'm still gonna do what i can so i i get that she's trying to obviously you know carry on that legacy of glenn as well and by speaking to negan about it and being as open as she can i do like where they've gone with that and you can see where that can lead now to their spin-off like i think that they're definitely going to be There'll be days, there'll be moments when they'll be fine with each other, but I do think as well there'll be times when Maggie will be like, right, you're getting on my nerves now, I will batter you in a second, but we shall see. Um, other moments that I've really enjoyed, in particular the last episode, was obviously, or, or, or in fairness, it's, it's like it led up to obviously towards the last episode, but, you know, Daryl has come really into his own since Angela Kang took over, to be honest with you. I thought that season seven and season eight, Daryl was very, like, wounded and, and kind of rebuilding himself. He didn't really speak an awful lot. Like, we're talking very minimal lines, and then he started to obviously speak up a bit more in season nine onwards. And since Rick's left, he had to kind of become the leader of the show, really, the, the main protagonist that we follow. I know it's more of an ensemble show now. I think that, the, that you could argue that it's not all about, it isn't all about Daryl, but I think that he's the face of The Walking Dead now, as opposed to what Andrew Lincoln and Rick Grimes was. So I really like what they've done with Daryl and, and what I've enjoyed in this journey throughout season, season well, season 11, but obviously 10, 10 and onwards, is that he's, he's rebuilding his family. You know, he's got Connie that he's very good friends with. Obviously, Carol has been there from the get-go. But Judith now is obviously a huge part of his life. Like, he is essentially the father figure that she's lost that she's been needing throughout like the the person to kind of steer in that right direction i love 
the qualities that Judith brings. And again, I'm really going to miss seeing that development. And Kaylee Fleming has been great as Judith. I thought that she's had the right, like I was, I've been rewatching a lot of The Walking Dead since I knew it was ending and since it's ended. And when she first obviously kind of was, we came into it on that last episode of Rick's and where she went to in a relationship with Negan and such. Like, I just liked the sass. I liked the fact that she had like a sprinkle of, of a mum in there, of Laurie, of, of, of you, you could say Rick, obviously, because he's not actually a biological father, but definitely has the Rick in there in the Michonne. Um, but there's, there's, you know, I, I like this kind of like shameness as well that she's got, but still, we'll, we'll come to that. But I, I really like what, what Daryl and Judith have had, this chemistry between the two of them throughout this particular season as well. Like he's learning as she is as well, how to be this kind of like daughter father relationship. You know, he's not been in this position before. And there's moments where like Judith might be fighting for something that Daryl's like, it's a bit of a lost cause. Let's leave it like not lost cause, but there's only so much that we can do. Whereas Judith's like, no, we can do more. And I do like that. There's been a kind of those moments where they've had to take five, you know, where they've had to be like, right, let's just let's just not speak for a moment let's just let's just let's just quit it and we'll come back and reassess and whatever and i thought there were some real nice human moments in there between the two of them obviously leading to obviously judith getting shot as well which i thought was a nice touch bringing it back to rick as well obviously they kind of get shot in similar places i think judith it's more near a shoulder than it is like her actual like side stomach or whatever it is that rick gets hit but again like nice touch to bring that round because obviously there's some great like arcs and, and full circles coming within that last episode as well but you know, Daryl's straight up trying to protect and try to save her, giving her blood, this and that. And one of the things that I wanted more than anything since Judith and, and well, since Michonne left was Judith to say something that she knew that Rick was alive or that she knew where Michonne had gone. Because I was like, how can they not say anything? Like, I get it, though. She didn't want to obviously say anything to Daryl so that he wouldn't then leave looking for Rick as well. Which, again, testament to Daryl, because even after he finds out and they we bring the episode to a close, there's a year time jump and he's still knocking about. Like, he's not shot straight off. So I do like that he's been sticking around, obviously, as well for, for the characters, whether he's been here, there and everywhere. But I was so chuffed, so relieved as well that something got said. And it was like, surely that was one of the only ways that Daryl was going to shoot off. I know that Maggie mentioned about trying to find the future, trying to see the, the other worlds, the, everything that's out there, like, look at the future. So Daryl's going to go and look uh, for, well, see what he can find while he's doing all of that if he happens to stumble upon Rick and Michonne then great but I do like that it's not just being like right Daryl knows off he goes you know what I mean so I do think that it's good I'm very much looking forward to his spin-off show but just going back to the Judith and, and the Daryl thing it's been a very very good relationship to watch because she's had so many good like father figures in place of Rick not only Daryl, but you can argue that Negan as well has been a good character for her, especially because Judith was so young when Negan did the horrible things that he did. So she's only known that prisoner side of Negan, that kind of redemption arc of him, you know, going to save her in the storm, being there for as much as he possibly can, this and that. I do like it, you know, I mean, I think that she's had some great characters to look up to and Carol as well uh, as, a, as like a great, like, motherly figure is uh, is something is something that that we that we all need badass carolee um the other things that i loved uh, in particular the last episode is that I, I thought that rosita's death was handled beautifully you know i i genuinely thought that she that that she was going to go a lot sooner i thought that obviously in the second half of the season she was bit in that storm moment when the rain was pouring and she went out to clear the, outside the house and she came back in saying don't go near the windows or whatever she says and she had blood on her neck I thought potentially that could have been a bite, but nothing happened there. She does get Andrea's death ultimately in the end, which is so just heart-wrenching. That moment when she tells Eugene, I thought that, I mean, I've not enjoyed Eugene's story at all, really, this entire season. I've really just been not arsed with it at all. I'm sorry if there's any Eugene fans that disagree with that. And if you do completely disagree with what I think about the Eugene storyline, then do let me know. I know that it's, again, 
a big thing with the comics and such, but you know, him and Maxine and this and that, but my God, the courtroom drama, this and that was just absolutely doing my head in. And there is no, I just, I just wasted so much time. And he was like constantly just like flapping every single time I see him. I don't want to stick to the negatives with it. Basically, I didn't like Eugene's storyline. I liked the ending. I liked the touch of him and Maxine having a baby together. And they called it Rosie, obviously after Rosita. But the strongest moment for me with Eugene, sorry, was between him and Rosita. In particular, when she's laid in bed ready to pass and she says, like, I'm glad it was you in the end. And he's, you know, finally getting those words out to her that you, if I would not be the person I am, basically, if it wasn't for you. If I'd never met you, then I wouldn't be the guy that I am today. But his first initial reaction when she shows him the bite and he starts to really, you know, like break down almost, it's... It, it was hard to watch. I said that whole sequence was hard to watch. I love that Rosita was having... A, a, a last day that she wanted it to be. She wasn't just going to, you know, lay there and just wait for death or anything like that. I know, well, granted she does when she's too weak to, but she wanted to have a lasting memory. You could see at that moment, even before she does reveal that she's being bit and Eugene's all like, I'm really looking forward to summer. Are you looking forward to summer? She's not giving much, but you could tell that she's just taking in every last look that she can of Coco. And it was just so... Just so moving, so powerful, and her death, as I say, with with Father Gabriel as well, I thought was just, uh, as I say, when we're telling him and him, you know, reading out the Lord's Prayer, whatever that he does for her, it was just all really beautiful. This probably might be a good time as well to mention how good the score was for this last episode as well. Like, the score's been great throughout, like, The Walking Dead's always had a good score, but I do feel that Bear McCreary has had an absolute blast, in particular in that last episode, because in these moments in particular, it, it really does add an extra element to the whole sequence and pulls at your heartstrings even more. It was just, everything went in hand in hand so well, so beautifully. And, you know, when Rosita's laying there next to Coco and then Father Gabriel takes Coco away and says, like, you know, we'll, we'll see you again uh, sometime or another day or whatever, Goosebumps, honestly, it was really, really heartbreaking for, for this character. And I think it was a nice touch as well that Christian Serateas said that she wanted this to happen. I've completely butchered her name pronouncing it. I know I have, and apologies about that. But I know that the actress said that she wanted that to happen for Rosita. So really nice touch. We needed a big death in the episode because before that we had Luke's passing, which he'd not even been in the bloody season half at time. So, you know, it was sad for that, for Magna and for, for Yomiko and that group. To, to say goodbye to, to Luke and such, um, you know, because they, they were the first characters we saw post-Rick leaving kind of thing. So it was a nice moment for those to have that together, but I wasn't too necessarily invested in that. It was sad, but Rosita's death definitely uh, definitely tugged at my heartstrings a little bit more. So quickly speaking about Father Gabriel, I just have to mention this as well before I forget that he has a great, great arc in full circle that when we first meet him in season five, he's obviously a coward. He's someone that's created, he's done the worst thing imaginable by locking out his congregation, leaving them to die. You know, Rick is appalled by that. The group are appalled by that, about his selfishness, his cowardness. And then at the end of the whole show, he's the one to walk up to the gate to let the people, to let the community in, the, the Commonwealth community back in on the back of Pamela locking them out, leaving them for dead, for the walkers to come and get them. I thought that it was great to bring that full, full circle for Gabriel. I thought that he has had such a journey. And I'm really chuffed that he didn't die, like in his comic, his comic counterpart. Like I did, I was surprised that he made it all the way to the end. But again, just nice to see that come full circle for him. I want to talk about the variant walkers because that again was excellent. I wanted more of them, but I thought that what we got of them, especially in those last couple of episodes, was really great. You know, they came in episode like 19, I think it was, or something like that. And, uh, you know, entitled the episode Variant, where finally we they made it canon that of the walkers of season one and two, they're just, they are part of this walker world. I know that World Beyond is alluding to fast walkers and stuff like that, and that the different 
areas of the world will depend on different walkers as I say but to see these clever walkers to air quote come back into it was really cool because it did feel like you know when Frank Darabont had hold of the Walking Dead which I love season one and two don't get me wrong but it did feel like when you watch when you watch them as a whole and you go through the season run you're like oh maybe they just weren't sure what they were going to do with the walkers and they what they maybe were going to be more clever than what they are now but it's nice that they've got no actually just depends where you are depends on how clever a walker actually is um, because I loved these variants like when they first came into it when Aaron and Jerry and Lydia and and everyone and, and the rest of the gang that was in that sequence when they kind of come to like Kingdom 2.0 which again what a great set design for this like I love I love what they can do with the sets like not only do we have that this season we had obviously the train as well nice to see our characters just like coming up with a plan on a train like we've had subways in season 11 as well so not the sandwich shop the actual underground subways and such in America we've had all that as well but that Kingdom 2.0 I forgot what it was like a play area wasn't it that, that, that the characters like just took refuge in overnight while these walkers were outside the variant walkers start climbing over and such and I just loved all of that. I loved seeing Jerry go full on like badass as well with the sword and the slow-mo sequences they did with the camera angles and the shots of that of him just taking out these walkers and them thinking that whispers are knocking about again only to see that actually, no, I've just ripped off a scalp of an actual walker. This isn't a whisperer. This is actually, this is legit happening. You know what I mean? Like I thought that these variant walkers, that I thought they were going to be more involved and yeah, they, they were there and obviously in the last... Um, in the last couple of episodes, Negan's reaction to seeing that walker climbing over, I was like, just what the f-? you know, what I mean, just thought it's absolutely brilliant, uh, brilliant reaction. Like what we're all thinking every time we're seeing uh, like just what they did with these variants, like, oh, we've locked them out of the Commonwealth, it's fine. It's just like you can just see in like from the from the side of the camera, this walker just like climbing up over like up to the fence or whatever. It's just just really great to see these variants popping up again. And I know that for a fact that we will end up seeing more of them. But that herd that Pamela's led to the Commonwealth is just full of them, it seems. Like it was bonkers really so great great work with the variant walkers i thought that that was handled really really well and uh, i'm just looking forward to seeing what they do and uh, what they do more with that really i'm just trying to think if there's any other things i want to talk about other than mercer just absolutely like from comic i loved him in the comics i love him even more so in the tv show like michael james shaw i, I was already gushing about him on the previous episode i think but i just loved him like i like the relationship that he and princess had i wish there was a little bit more depth to it a bit more i mean there is substance there you know we get those great moments of that, that kind of heart to heart the princess has with him telling her about her stepfather i think it was or whatever like that how why she has to leave because obviously mercer's just being complicit something that eugene you know says outright in his in his uh in his courtroom drama sequence you know that when he was with the saviors yep he wasn't the one that was doing the killings or whatever he wasn't the one that was bringing the bat down on people but he knew that was happening and he was just kind of going along with it because he was trying to survive making him complicit with that exactly what the people of the commonwealth are doing in particular the soldiers as well that they know at least some of them know just how corrupt that pamela is being and this status and like daryl said like the problem with the commonwealth all from the get-go is they were trying to make it like the old world that was the problem that's not how society runs that's not how the world can possibly work anymore not when we're surrounded by walkers this and that need to rebuild reshape rebuild rework the system sorry but mercer like to see him you know go from that kind of doing his duty doing his job obviously to then overthrowing pamela at least just like straight up like arresting her knowing that it's wrong what she's doing and becoming wasn't vice governor it was lieutenant governor i think it was sorry i think that's what it becomes it was a real great arc for, for mercer and i've loved i've loved him i'm so good that we've only had just one full season i know that the season 11 has been going on for a year now obviously started october 2021 finally coming to an end november 2022 but i just would have loved to have seen more mercer but hey i'm gonna revel in what we got of him because i thought michael james shaw was absolutely absolutely 
fantastic. I really did enjoy him an awful lot. Um, which kind of brings nice attention coming towards the end of... I mean, I know that I've kind of glossed over. There's been loads of stuff, obviously, within these eight or seven, eight episodes of the last um, of the last run that I've not not really talked about, not really not really gone on. I'm trying to gloss here, there, and everywhere. And, of course, anything that I do forget, I will... Um, I don't know, I'll pick up at some other point, maybe in the spin-off or any other Walking Dead podcast that I do. But, obviously, like, the main thing... The main thing is the show needed to end... Perfectly. I've already spoke about the score and such and how that all worked. And I thought that Bear McCreary had an absolute blast. You know, the opening title sequence for the final episode, that was done with an, an actual live orchestra. It sounded absolutely wonderful, like beautiful, like really like the more strong the theme has sounded. I thought that the last eight episodes in particular, the, the theme itself sounded banging anyways. Um, they just like a few extra little tidbits in there that I thought were really good for, for like a bit more of an impact. But like everything was just great. Like Daryl riding off at the end, that score that he gets in the background of that with Ben McCreary was just really, really excellent, really powerful and set the show very nicely. And then, you know, the ending to say, we get the one thing that I've wanted for so, so long is just something of Rick Grimes. In particular, all I wanted, and I said this to my friends, a lot of my friends as well, were thinking that it was never going to happen, that Rick Grimes couldn't possibly pop up in the last episode. Like, how would it possibly happen of him popping up in the last episode we've not seen him for so long, or what would be... I mean, me personally, I was expecting, like, maybe some... Because what I've also enjoyed, sorry, just on a bit of a side note, is, is Judith's opening to the episodes of, of these last eight, in particular the seven ones, anyways, leading up to... The I think it was actually it was only the first seven because it led up to the seventh where they got their guns and such and they went off to obviously start the uh, start the revolution you know what I mean but I really enjoyed all the flashbacks and the cutscenes that we were seeing while Judith was narrating and such I thought it was a nice way to kind of you know give that final ending you know what I mean that final end sense if that's a sentence itself <laughs> but you know what I mean like we're coming to the end let's kind of revisit some things that have happened before remember this remember I thought that was great and I thought honestly that we were going to get some kind of narration from Judith talking about Rick or talking about Michonne and then we'd cut to see Rick wherever he was I was expecting 30 seconds tops or something like that if that you know what I mean but to get a full-on five-minute epilogue was just absolutely wonderful. I mean, I was in my absolute bloody element. I mean, the TV, God knows what would have happened to my TV if Rick hadn't have shown up in this episode. But my word was that last five minutes really, really excellent. Like, I loved the montage, the fact that the letters were being written by Michonne. I mean, I was also, just on a quick note, very surprised to see Michonne. Like, I was not expecting... I mean, and it, obviously, great that she was, but I was not expecting to see Michonne in this last episode at all by the slightest, you know what I mean? So to see her and what she's been up to looking badass in that new outfit, credit to the costume design as well. Like, there's so many great costumes in The Walking Dead that they still seem to excel. I love what Ezekiel was wearing at the end, this kind of, like, brown suit that he had on that was, like, I don't know, I'd, I don't even know what it was made out of, but it looked wonderful. Credit to the costume design, basically. They've made Michonne look even more badass, all padded out, ready to take on this horde of walkers or whatever that she rides off to whilst looking for Rick. But I love the fact that they were doing this overlapping narration of their letters, and we're getting to see all the faces of the dead, of the living that are still left, obviously, uh, of the sh of the main show. So many great, so many great faces that I'd like not seen in so long. Like T Dog, man, how have you been? Ah. Oh. What a great throwback. And Rick then, you know, writing the letter to, obviously, to, to Michonne, to his family and that, and Michonne writing to Judith and RJ that she's going to find Rick, obviously, that he's definitely still out there. And we get this moment, this ex this absolutely excellent moment of Rick in the CRM uniform. Obviously, the uniform that he's wearing, if you're familiar with World Beyond, it's actually like, um, it's like a facility uniform that they wear where they lure walkers in by playing music and then they I think they take them out like one by one that way. Obviously he's not wearing shoes either. The first thing that the CRM do 
when they capture you is they take your shoes off because then you can't just stop you from escaping. That's what they say in the show anyways. So it's nice to see. And I also like the fact that the timeline of that moment with Rick is not the same timeline that Michonne is in. Where we find Rick, obviously, which is Philadelphia that they've since confirmed, is it's like literally, it's probably one of the, within the first year, I would say, of him being gone, you know what I mean? Or at least not long after he'd been gone. Clearly tried to escape a few times. This is one of his more better attempts of escaping. But it's obviously clearly way before the big time jump that we got because the um, the boat's there. Obviously the boat that uh, Michonne finds his boots and finds the phone on, it's all there. So I just liked what we got to say when the fact as well, we get to see the helicopter, which again, bringing that full circle that we last saw Rick going off in the helicopter. We now see the helicopter. They're all there saying, come on, Rick, it's like he told you there's no escape for the living. So many questions and such shrouded in mystery that I cannot wait for them to answer all of these questions of what Rick's been up to. And just seeing Andrew Lincoln back as this character again, to hear his voice as Rick Grimes again, which was so rewarding as for us fans as well that have stuck with the show since he left it was such a great like fist pump moment as well i love the little head tilt that he does that he when he's trying to work things out and look over like classic rick grimes and i can't wait to see and i love this whole thing of where the ones who live and like all we get the cut sequence then of all the characters saying that coming back then to rick as the music is kind of crescendo into this huge ending you know, before the screen goes to white and we see Rick smile, I mean, to me, that smile's like, a, we are the ones that live. I'm definitely, you know, going to get out of this. That's how I'm interpreting that. It just, it was just perfect. It was all around wonderful. Just so happy to see Rick back. Um, and I couldn't believe it was for five minutes. Honestly, could not believe it was those last five minutes of the show. And perfect that it came back to Judith, looking out at their, like, the new world on the horizon, obviously the safe with the Commonwealth, this blossom of beautiful purple flowers with the windmill, using the Commonwealth armour as, you know, scarecrows, which I thought was a nice touch as well, but she says, you know, we're the ones that live. Beautiful ending to the show. I thought it was absolutely excellent. Like I said, the, the fact that we got Rick Grimes and for as much as we did, I like to say the focus on Rick and say the close-up of his face while his writing is covered in dirt. It looks like he's going through hell. You know, he has got so many questions that I can't wait for the, for the spin-off to answer, for the universe to answer as well, because I'm, I'm certain that the CRM are going to be such a bigger player than what we actually think. I know that they've kind of tried to establish that world with World Beyond, the spin-off, which was a real letdown. But I do feel there's going to be more to it. Like, I can see how now that is going to be the umbrella of the spin-offs, potentially. I'm not saying that they're going to be the vocal the vocal point for Daryl's spin-off or for necessarily Maggie and Negan's, but I do think that they will show up in some form, you know, within those spin-offs. I don't... I'm speculating anyways. If they don't, they don't. I don't know. But what do I know? I'm just a guy with a podcast. <laughs> but, yeah, overall... It's sad that The Walking Dead has ended. I'm, I am happy, though. Like, I think that go out go out on a high. You know what I mean? Like, I, I know that the, the show probably has, is not, hasn't, sorry, reached some of the highs that it has before. But there's been some fantastic highlights since, obviously, like, Rick left. So season 9 is one of my favourite seasons, and that's only five episodes of Rick, and then he's not in it anymore. But I do feel that oh, season 11 was really strong. But I thought the last, the, the, seven epi- the seven episodes before the last episode just didn't, I don't know, just didn't do it for me as much as what I was expecting or what I was hoping. But it's still a really fantastic last episode. I thought that it was a perfect ending, as I've already stated on this podcast. It was a great way to bring the show to a close, but then pushes on a great path for the spin-offs. And I think that, yeah, everyone involved has done great work. And Greg Nicotero, once again, fantastic director. What a task he had as well to direct the last episode and to really kind of, you know, just give it a good go out with a bang and they did that as well obviously because there was a huge i've not even spoke about this that, that huge explosion sequence obviously when they go in obviously bring lure the walkers into the, that center of the commonwealth fill up the sewers and such with the fuel and the gas and then they light it up 
like I was sat there like, my goodness, my goodness, this is quite brilliant to watch. I know the CGI is a little bit bumpy with that, but still, what a fantastic spectacle. The over-the-heads, over-the-top looking down shot as the actual part of the Commonwealth is blowing up and exploding was just marvellous. Like I and, and it's funny as well because you could say that obviously previous episodes or previous seasons of The Walking Dead, the slow burner seasons, that would have been like a full episode in itself of them just like trying to get this plan together and such. But no, we're in the last episode. Get them lured in, get them blowed up. We are going out on an absolute bang, absolute high. And I thought Nicotera has done absolutely stunning work with that last episode with his direction and his vision. Because yeah... Had to get some cool zombie killing there, didn't we? Let's be honest. So, uh, yeah, I loved that as well. But overall, as I say, really great last episode for The Walking Dead. Perfect and fitting ending for it. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what comes next. And, um, yeah, Rick Grimes came back. So, massive smile on my bloody face. Let me know your thoughts of The Walking Dead, season 11 as a whole, the last episode. I say, from what I've seen, mostly positive reviews. and It's been well received by the fans, so I'm absolutely joyous for that but I'm very excited to see what the future holds for the universe. And I just hope that the, the, the spin-offs do, do justice really do, you know, do justice for the reason, you know, for, for why we're getting the spin-offs, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, great ending, great performances. Um, just as I say, the lad, the seven episodes building up to it, which is a little bit, a little bit more flat for me. Um, but that's my thoughts. Thank you as always though, for listening to this podcast. It really is appreciated. I'll be back with more reviews, more podcast episodes before you know it. Don't you worry. Jump onto Facebook, give us a like and a follow on there. As I've already stated, just search Joe Blogs about films, like and follow on all the streaming sites, leave us reviews. That'd be lovely. But until the next episode, take care.